Crimson Tower Studios. Welcome to the Old World Podcast, the unofficial podcast for Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay and the original podcast to bring you both discussion and actual play in 4th edition. I'm one of your hosts, Lance, and I'm joined today by my co-hosts Steve and Matt. How are you gentlemen doing tonight? I'm doing great. Doing good. Good to, good to be back together. Excellent. Excellent. All in the same room. In the same room. That's for <laughs> sure. We haven't had that happen in a little bit because, uh, I mean... We're going to get to news later, but I suppose we can officially, officially announce, uh, Steve? Oh, I'm a daddy now. Woo! Congratulations, buddy. (laughs) She's officially one month old, and man, the time really flew by. It does. Yeah, it's amazing uh, the growth period between when you get them home and they're so tiny and just even a month going by, they they just seem so much bigger. Doesn't take long. Yep. Wait wait till 11 months from now and and she's, (laughs) you know... When she's turned a year, and how much bigger she'll she'll have been by then. So, that's it's awesome. Congratulations, man! So Thank glad you. that she's healthy. Sure is. Yep. Awesome. So, what have you guys been up to gaming this month? Well, Steve hasn't gamed, yeah, but I was <laughs> well, I mean, taking care of a newborn is kind of a game. You got to like figure out play the game when, of, when why she's is she crying. crying? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, she's she's just hangry. Yeah. Right. So when we had our firstborn, uh, Alexis, my brother got us a little device called the Why Cry. Mm. You put it near the baby, and then when they start crying, it will identify why. <laughs> and like maybe three quarters of the time, it was right. Like, wow. oh, she's crying because she needs a diaper change. Sure enough, need a diaper change. So, huh? Yeah. Interesting technology. Wild, isn't it? Crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's wild. We got a swing now that detects the crying, and then it'll start to rock them. It'll go through the rocking modes to see what she likes. Wow. And then save it. Oh, so man, when she that's cries, crazy. it'll start that first and see if it'll soothe her quicker technology it's amazing man. it's wild <laughs> man i feel like in the stone ages and my kid cried i stood up all night with my foot rocking the baby as i tried to paint yeah <laughs> yeah awesome. well so i i have done some gaming uh, this week i want to talk about uh, a game called harry potter hogwarts battle this is mm. one that alexis and i play together often and, and it is a, a, alexis is your daughter is my daughter yeah, yeah. she's my oldest daughter yeah. I was about to say, I saw that on your uh, shelves. Yeah, it's if you're a Harry Potter fan, it's, it's so right now, Alexis, she's in third grade and she's reading the Harry Potter books. Ooh. She's almost done with book four, mm. which is like seven or 800 pages. I, I may have never read an 800 page book in my entire life. And here she is at eight years old. She's almost finishing book four. So she's in like Harry Potter mode right now. And uh, Hogwarts Battle is a really simple deck building game. Uh, the really thing that's the thing that's really interesting about it is that you start with a very small portion of the total contents of the game. They're broken up into different boxes. Mm-hmm. So box one, you're playing as you know Harry, Hermione, and Ron. Uh, it's cooperative, and you you have like the basic spells available. You have a couple little items that you can get, and you're going against the villains of the first book. Well, once you finish that and you win that, then you move on to game two, which is another little box that now has components that are related to the second book. And you have to fight the villains from the second book and in the locations from the second book. Hmm. So you progress through. So essentially right now, as she's finishing these books, we're adding more and more components to the game. Cool. It's really, for right now, we're still in the early part of it, but it's interesting because she will have just read about a special item, like the Marauder's Map, for example. 
and boom, now it's in the game and she can get it. And she's, she's a Harry Potter fanatic. So when she gets to like cast the spell that takes down Tom Riddle, she like jumps out of the chair and does a spin. Nice. It's a really, it's a really fun game. It's simple enough to where you could play it really with just about any age. Uh, and if you're a Harry Potter fan, it's, it's a solid purchase. Sounds fun. Yeah. Nice. I like deck building games anyways. And uh, I know when I read through the books, uh, it was like nonstop. Yeah. I was like, they're really good. Like after yeah. the first book, you know, that first initial one where it was smaller and kind of she was getting her flow. And then yeah. after that, like, boom, she was like, I'm making money now. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. ching Yeah. ka-ching. 800 page books now. <laughs> yeah. Right. Paid by the word. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She and I are reading them together and we, we watch the movies all the time. And now this, there just needs to be a really good Harry Potter role playing game. Once that comes out, then it'll be the Hufflepuff podcast featuring right Matt and Alexis. I don't know something, but That'll unfortunately, really it seems like a really odd omission in the role playing game world. Maybe there's one I'm not aware of. I think there are. There's at least one, but from what I can tell, it's not very highly regarded. But that seems like a world that is just so full of magic and lore and and it is a full like. I wouldn't say fully documented world, but you know, it's, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's I mean, you out get the gist. Yeah. 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 yeah you, we just need a good publisher to take that on. Um, though there are some generic, like I know that some people have done Genesis on yeah. it and things like that. So, but it's just, I mean, the problem is, is the world is such that that is a lot of work. Right. Yeah. I just want to pick up a book and, and right. go with it. But yeah. So I for gaming for me has not been much. Um, I've played some fourth edition, so it seems like, I mean, and that's not a bad thing. I, I love fourth edition, uh, and I've been really prepping for some different fourth edition stuff as well. So that is about it for me. Um, I've been very busy otherwise. There's one other thing I wanted to mention. I recently, uh, if you've listened to a lot of the show, you'll know that I talk about the Grand Con gaming convention on occasion. It's a game convention that runs. Uh, this year, it's going to be over Labor Day weekend, so August 30th to September 1st. Um, I just signed on to be the event coordinator for that show, so it's something that's near and dear to me. I uh, just wanted to throw out that you can, uh, if you're in or around the Grand Rapids, Michigan area, if you're in the Midwest, it's a great show. Right now, you can still get early bird badges up until the end of March. It's a lot of fun, and if you're in the area, you should definitely come out. Come say hi. Yeah, and it's supposed to be game playing heavy right so yeah so yeah. it's it's growing that's the right. one of the big things it's grown every year since i've been going which has been for the last four it's gotten significantly bigger each year but yeah there's a a lot of exhibitors board game role-playing game companies that are going to be there there's a huge open gaming space and one of the biggest game libraries probably in that's available in conventions uh, and this year there's going to be a significantly sized role-playing area that's going to be right next to where the the game playing is. Board awesome. Games. So yeah, there's going to be publishers there. I know even with uh, role-playing, we've already got events set up for live recordings of role-playing games. Ones where you as the audience can influence the actors who are going to be like performing <laughs> essentially, which That's is cool. super fun Yeah, and game designers as well. I know John Gilmore is going to be there. He's one of the designers of kids on bikes. The designer of um, overlay is going to be there. So it's gonna be a good time. Awesome. I think this is a part where we move on to announcements and news. Uh, this is a part of the show where we keep you up to date on Woofrip and related news. We scour the web for juicy leaks and bits to satiate your Woofrip hunger. And we have a lot 
to go over on this one. Some Indeed. pretty big ones. Why don't you lead us in, Steve? All right. So in Cubicle 7 related news, uh, new stuff. Um, we got rough nights and hard days. Uh, there's an article on Cubicle 7's website with comments from Graham Davis and Andy Law about that. Um, of course, beautiful artwork, as always. Gosh, that's Artwork scaven. intensive. Yeah, oh, yes. That's Skaven sitting <laughs> on, the, on the well or whatever. Oh, my gosh. Or the building. It looks so good. Um, they are they are outdoing themselves. The yeah. art in this, like I, I cannot wait. Every time a new piece comes out, it's just mm-hmm. it's beautiful. Yep, and the details are just beautiful. It's not just like a picture of something. You know, it's like a full little like, little depth things pictures. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, the rough nights and hard days will have five adventures. Uh, the adventures list is going to be a rough night at Three Feathers. That sounds interesting. Uh, a day at the trails. A night at the opera. Nastasia's wedding. It's got to be interesting. And Lord of Ubersreich. Yeah, and, and it's important to note here that this is um, several of these, like a rough night at the Three Feathers is a redo of like a first edition adventure. Right. Adventure. Yeah, Thank it's you. Really, yeah. It, yeah, I'm glad they're doing that because, and we've kind of, I think we've talked about this before, just the fact yeah. to try to track down some of that now would be really difficult. Yeah. And to have the right, you know, the original writer come back or one of the original writers come back and modernize it to the new system is right. really exciting. Graham Davis is writing this, which, you know, wrote a bunch of the original stuff too. So I think what it is, is like two or three of these were originally already out there and they've been updated. And then he added to like the series here connected to additional adventures. Right. And it did say that you could either play them as individual adventures or combine them all, right. which would be really exciting. So mega too. epic five part campaign. Yeah. Right. That'd right. be fun. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, I don't think you'd always necessarily think of like a wedding as being a great role playing situation. Oh, in Warhammer, but, but I then, just can't wait. <laughs> but then we remember the red wedding from Game exactly. of Thrones, and it's like, oh man, weddings can be wicked. Sign me up. Like, that's the wedding I'm not going to miss. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> save the date. Right. And this and and this isn't all. Obviously, besides the adventures and everything, this was the big big news. There's additional content in this book besides just adventures. And first up is pub games. This is, and I I love some of the stuff they said, learn one of the many pleasant pastimes of which one can partake in the local tavern, amuse and confuse players. I don't know what it is. I cannot wait. Yeah. I'm super excited about this because anytime you can break up like the, the standard role playing where. You know, we're sitting, we're, we're going through things, we're talking about things, we're having these fun interactions. But when you can break that up with something that is physical, you know, a game where players can gamble and they're actively playing it, right? Not just making a check, but like, you right. know. Right. And you mentioned the word gamble, yeah. which is I like because you can kind of make up your own stuff, but it's nice that there's actually Warhammer pub games that you can mm-hmm. gamble with. And yeah. yeah, it's nice to make some extra coin if you need it. Yeah, it's exciting. Uh, moving on to what is no doubt the biggest and best news in the history of Warhammer. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, Here it comes. We're changing our name officially after this episode to the No Moral Podcast. <laughs> that didn't work. But yes, gnomes. Gnomes! Gnomes! Gnomes. Gnomes are coming as a full-able, full playable character, which is very exciting. Mark Gibbons did the art for it. There's already some, some art that's out. Uh, I, I am a huge gnome fan personally in uh, any game where I've been able to make a gnome, I have made gnomes. <laughs> so you better believe that, uh, poor Otacar is going to be 
he'll meet his untimely end as soon as I can get my hands on how to roll up. <laughs> Matt is gnome worthy. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. I'm so excited about this. There's been a little bit of controversy. Some people are like, I don't want gnomes, et cetera, et cetera. Who wouldn't and, want gnomes to be a, at least a choice to be able to pick? That's true. Right. And, but, and that's what it, it's an optional choice. So you don't have right. to include it in your game if you don't want exactly. to. But, but well, like, optional for you, maybe. But right, right. Well, and they're going to explain. Uh, uh, Andy Law wrote part of this section, he, and there's an article on Cubicle 7's website that talks about it. And they're going to explain why the species has been so rarely mentioned. So once again, they're taking like what's current, adding the new stuff, but making it all make sense like it was there all along, and that's the right way to do it. Yeah, I, I love it. I'm I cannot yeah, wait to read they, like, what they have on gnomes. Yeah, essentially said that like they're basically in hiding for the most part, right? I mean, that's at least part of it. Yeah, but, I'm not entirely sure. I don't yeah. know that we. I don't know. I'm excited to yeah. to find out. It'd be interesting because I picture them more toward leaning toward being around like dwarves. Kind of hidden mountains. Sure. Yeah, but I guess we'll find out the history. Yeah. Like how the the like the height of characters keeps getting smaller. So you've got <laughs> elves that are really tall, humans that are average height, dwarves. Dwarves and halflings. Halflings. Yeah. Then and then gnomes. Yeah. So what's next? I'm gonna have pixies. Pixies. There we go. Playable pixie characters. <laughs> and then ants. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's also a new errata document uh, that's been updated. Yeah, version 1.1 now, officially, <laughs> as of this recording. Um, the errata is now incorporated into the Core Rules PDF, uh, so go check that out on your drive through RPG library and download the updated version that we have the current rules and not be taken by surprise. Yeah, the, the updates didn't change a ton, but they did clarify several things right. and, and mm-hmm. added several, like, small things there's nothing in there that's like super groundbreaking um nothing like the bandage and bleeding update yeah but yeah um and of course you can find all this information and much more on cubicle 7's website at www.cubicle7.co.uk yes and uh also while you're there too uh this isn't really anything to do with the old world and warhammer fantasy role play in the old world but the Age of Sigmar finally gets some pretty huge updates, and, and they are Warhammer. There was a cover uh, reveal, and they did an update. Uh, the cover art is really cool. Um, again, while we're not focused on Age of Sigmar, I'm very excited to see what comes out of that. They did have like a little teaser article out there, too. Just reading through it, they talked a little bit about character archetypes, the system, and the setting, and everything. So... Um, it's definitely, if it's something you're interested in, go to Cubicle7's website, check it out. Uh, it's definitely very interesting. It's definitely a, going to be a different beast from how Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay plays. Right. And that's also on Cubicle7's website. Now, one other thing that recently, so Cubicle7, man, they've been just pumping out the news. Uh, but Ben's, and I'm probably going to say this wrong, Scary or Scary? I think it's Scary. Ben Scary, And he's one of the writers. He did... Uh, uh, he's a pretty cool guy. He did the uh, the free PDF that came out with all of the story hooks for the Reichland, which was really cool. And uh, he's been um, like assisting and co-writing on several things, including the starter set. He did some of the adventures, like Matt, the adventure you're really excited about, the Hoffman mm-hmm. episode or whatever. I know the he wrote. The of Johann Hoffman. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, man. So good stuff. So anyway, he put out an article, uh, wrote an article on shields in Warhammer. Thank you, Ben, buddy. Yes, thank you. (laughs) 
That's uh, it's it's essentially what we've been able to put together from the different posts we've you know gotten from on Discord and stuff like that. But it's very clearly and concisely stated with examples. And so, gonna go use your shields if you're GMing the system. Heck, man, just print that article off, have it nearby. I think that'll help clear up any questions should they come up and play. That brings us to some other news. The We've added some more downloads to the Old World Podcast website, which again is oldworldpodcast.com slash free stuff. There's also a link just straight from our website. But we've added, uh, in addition to all of the uh, conversion files that we talked about on our last discussion episode, we also have a new character sheet that is all fillable. So you type in your starting characteristics anytime you put in an advance, anytime you put in uh, update a skill, it'll update that information for you automatically. Oh, so helpful. Yeah. So so to be clear, we have now two different character sheets. We were not happy with the form fillable character sheets that we saw out there, at least the ones that we found. And so we did up our own because I care about tab order and when you tab where it goes, want it to make sense. It takes a lot of work to set that up in PDF the way you want sometimes. Mm-hmm. But we were able to get that set up the way we liked it. So we have one that's just straight up form fillable where you do all the math and figure out yourself. You can just tab around and do what you need to. But it makes sense to us. We have all the fields we feel are necessary, including a good note page. And then we also have the second updated one where it does the math for you. So you don't have to figure out like what your wounds are, for example. It calculates it all for you. You yep. just put in your stats. So anyway, just another thing on our website. Check it out. All right. Patreon. Old World Podcast has a Patreon. Yes, we do. Uh, we have several expenses that come along with running our show, of course, uh, hosting costs, equipment, materials, so on and so forth. Um, we have several pledge levels and rewards. Uh, the first one's called Main Gate. Uh, it's a dollar. You get a thank you, and you get access to our Patreon feed where you get behind-the-scenes updates uh, and random rewards. Uh, for example, uh, we are working on a map for the Zotstadt area, of the Reichland, where we are currently running our actual play adventure. Uh, that's cool. Um, the high-resolution version of this map will be released to our Patreons. Yeah, th- so this is really cool. Um, just it, So for our Patreon, we, we wanted to talk, just take a few seconds here to talk about exactly you know, what's out there for our patrons and stuff like that, so to help us run and stuff. So that's the, the $1 level that Steve talked about. Yeah, we're, we're going to get a little in-depth on it right now, but... Uh, this isn't going to be something that we're going to really like hammer into a lot of our episodes. We'll talk about it briefly here and there, but we want to take a little bit of time to go a little more more in depth into it, so you know what's available. Yep. So uh, we have another level, which is our um, upper deeps for two dollars. Um, you know, and we'll actually give you a shout out on the show um, as a as a way of saying thanks at that level, uh, which we actually have some we're going to go over here in a few minutes. Um, and then our next level past that is the middle deeps, which is our three dollar level. And that's where you can contribute to a custom critical injury chart. So you have a cool idea for a critical injury, however you want it to do. We're working on a custom chart. Um, at that level, you can you know submit that to us. We'll add it to the chart. And so during our actual plays, we roll on that chart, and there's a chance that your awesome, cool idea for a critical uh, is going to come up in play. Right. The next level is for $5 a month. We call it the lower deeps. This gives you access to the vault. So the vault is something we've wanted to do for a long time. And basically, the, this is where we're going to hold in all of the, the content that we record that we you know, don't want to put out or doesn't fit right necessarily put out on our main feed. But there's going to be a lot of content in there. We already have quite a bit. 
uh, and our goal is to put out one extra uh, recording of some kind into the vault each month. So, so far, we have our fourth edition actual play character creation episode. You can see all the, the changes that we made and everything that we did for the characters that you can listen to on our actual play podcast. We have a second edition run through of the Pretty Things adventure. We released the first two episodes of this playthrough on our main feed as bonus episodes. This was some time ago. Yeah, yeah, last year. Yeah, last year, year, 2018. We've already added the rest of that playthrough to the vault. Um, Well, we've added the next episode. We will be adding the rest. um, There's a couple more episodes to go. Right. Uh, We will have a playthrough of the Making the Rounds adventure from the fourth edition starter set. That'll be coming in the near future. We also will be doing actual plays from all sorts of other systems that we like and that we really enjoy. Those include um, Lone Wolf, Star Wars, Edge of the Empire, My Little Pony, um, and more to come after that. So there's going to be a lot of a lot of content in there at the $5 per month level. And we'll, we'll be adding different things in there too. Like, for example, we did an in-between episode session, which we did record um, for the characters on the actual play. We didn't feel that that fit very well with the story that we were telling on the the actual play um, itself. So we'll be releasing content like that to to our patrons, so that you know if they want to listen to, hey, because uh, the in between session almost feels like a session zero or a character creation when you really think about right. it. So especially that first one because we yeah we were kind of first in figuring between. it out yeah. yeah. So we did uh, our faces were in the books quite a bit. Yeah, so we tr- we try to clean it up, but you get to see all of the. It's more behind the scene. That's not a real word. That's more like behind the scenes yeah. for us. So you can you can check that out on the Patreon at the five dollar level. Yeah, uh, the last level we have is the Underdeep, which is for a whopping ninety dollars a month. You should not be doing this. If you're insane enough to back us at that level, then you can actually join us for an actual play recording, a minimum of once per year. That recording may or may not end up uh, on our show which could either be a Patreon exclusive or potentially just on our main feed. Right. Yeah. Make sure to check out, check that out. Go over there, take a look. We, we really appreciate all the feedback that we get. We appreciate all of uh, our listeners out there who are helping us make this. And if you are interested and you want to help us out, go check us out at patreon.com slash old world podcast. Excellent. Excellent. And to start us off, we actually already have several patrons, and there are some thank yous that uh, we wanted to throw out there to thank you for supporting us. Um, so just to start off, uh, Andrew Howell. Thank you, buddy. Julie Cruz, thank you. Yes. That's a family member of that's, you, Yeah, right? that's my, my cousin Julie. She's she's amazing. Julie, you're and awesome. Supportive. You are awesome, Julie. Uh, next up is Philippe Beaujean. Thank you so much. Philippe, I would never be able to pronounce your name. That's that's cool. To be clear, I may not have pronounced it correctly. But we should probably put a disclaimer right here. We're probably not going to pronounce everyone's name correct. Yeah, we, we t- we're terrible at pronouncing normal words. Yeah, our grasp on English is not very good to begin with, and that's our primary language. Did want to throw out one more thing. Special thanks to our very first patron, that is Garblag Games and Pete Lattimore. Thanks, Pete. Pete. Thanks, thanks Pete. Pete. Yep. You've uh, you've been a big supporter of us from the beginning, and we we really appreciate that. So thank you all for your support. Uh, if you'd like to join these fine people listed above uh, and or buy us a beer or some tea, be sure to hop on over to the Patreon page and support us. Cool beans. So we're already in a long episode here, guys. Let's get into the meat of our show today, and we have a lot to go over. We're going over three different careers in this episode, and we're going to continue that four-way into these careers 
Um, and again, we've said this a ton before, this career system has been one of the most iconic parts of Warhammer. And so we're going to review three careers, which are the apothecary, the artist, and the outlaw. And also, like we do at the end of our episode, we're going to have a little competition where us three hosts will put our creative juices to the test in a career build-off to see who can build the most interesting character. And then at, at the end, uh, once we post the episode there, we'll have posts on our Facebook and our Twitter where you can go put your thoughts as to which careers we can review next. And we'll also be putting out polls there to see who you thought was best out of the three characters that we're going to talk about tonight. So be sure to check those out and uh, vote and let us know what you think. Indeed. All right, so let's get started. I'm going to be covering The Outlaw today. So if you're following along at home, you can find The Outlaw on page 105 of the 4th edition core rulebook. So The Outlaw is, is a really fun character, a really interesting looking character, and one that I think is, is going to be somewhat easy to play or at least easy to understand for a lot of people because outlaws are something that are somewhat prevalent in pop culture nowadays. So if you think Robin Hood, if you think Jesse James, Robin Hood is interesting because it's almost like a, still a criminal, but uh, on like the good side of things. When I really, I get the impression that the outlaws in the old world are not, are more looking out for themselves than you rob, know, robbing from the rich and giving to the poor. There's an interesting, this is going to blow your mind because I don't think you might know this, but in Bretonia, there is like, a Robin Hood-esque <laughs> character with like a friar tuck that is like there is. canon there you go. in Bretonia. Yeah. Like I forget their names. I'd have to go look them up, but it exists. It's yeah. <laughs> it's a thing. Yep. Well, my first my first impression was like, oh, an outlaw. And even the art is is awesome. It looks great. But I remember this, this was one of the first artworks that came out and you were like, that's amazing. I want to be that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It definitely, definitely gives that feel of a Robin Hood-like character. So if you're familiar with that, then you'd have a kind of a good jumping off point for how to role play this character. So the going over some of the basic stuff, every a race is available to be an outlaw, at least for now. We don't know if a gnome could be an outlaw or not. They, we'll they're going to be an outlaw. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Little thief. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so every race can be, uh, is available to be an outlaw. The advanced scheme to start out, uh, they have weapon skill, strength, and toughness as their beginning characteristics that you can advance. In the first tier. That's In the first tier, which really... That's wonderful. Essentially, yeah, essentially, <laughs> if you want to play a character that's going to be really good in combat, that, I mean, that's, that's what you need right there, right? Weapon skill right out of the gate. Strength and toughness, you can boost up the your wounds exactly, yep. right at the beginning, which is, yeah, it's very nice. Later on in, in rank two, you can upgrade... The ballistic skill, which of course, if you're going to have a bow and arrow, you've got to be able to boost up that ballistic skill. Uh, later on, you can upgrade your initiative, and then finally, fellowship. That's that's just that is crazy because I remember when we were talking about the Ratcatcher, how I thought, man, you could really build this thing to be competitive in combat. The outlaw, even more so. Yeah, weapon skill, strength, toughness, and then add ballistic skill, and then initiative. Yeah, yeah. like. A tier three outlaw could be a combat monster. Yeah. Right. Essentially with your first hundred XP, you could basically get to, I mean, you could get to that second, second level within a, a session or two. Right. And at that point you're, you know, any weapon you pick up, you're going to be a, uh, a badass with it. Yeah. That's, That's exciting. That's legit. And we'll get to more later. Cause I, I rolled up uh, an outlaw and 
I my starting characteristic for uh, weapon skill was thirty nine. So oh, if that if that tells gives you any indication, he uh, he's pretty good with a weapon. We'll say. So the well, the other thing too I wanted to mention, and it makes sense, uh, fellowship. I'm actually almost surprised that fellowship is even on there because when you think outlaw, you think somebody who's, you know, lives kind of on the fringes of society, who's not going to be good necessarily the face to face, but it's interesting because that fourth tier, you become a bandit King. And at that point you have, you know, dozens or more specifically, it says a fiefdom of outlaw chiefs that you command. Right. So at that point you would need that fellowship to, to boost up your, your uh, ability to communicate and, Plus a layer, like on the layer, the tier four, like <clears throat> trappings include a layer. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm going to have to have uh, Pete from Garblad drop a layer oh, for yeah. our, our bandit king. When, when we get, <laughs> when when we we get, get to that point. Yeah. Yeah. Really exciting stuff. So some of the, um, some of the important skills that you're going to have right out of the gate, uh, athletics, which is going to help you kind of get to those vantage points. You know, if you're, if you're overlooking a road uh, planning to drop down and, and rob some people, athletics is going to be good there. Intimidate. Uh, of course, outdoor survival is also on there. And intimidate is your money making skill, For which sure. is, which is interesting. Yeah. Right? Gamble, gambles on there too, as a, as a tier one, but intimidate. Absolutely. Which also ties into some of the talents that you get right off the bat combat aware, which, you know, lets you kind of, be prepared in case you get surprised can prevent that in some cases, but criminal, which is a really fun talent right off the bat. Criminal yeah. is so good. Yep. Because they only start as a brass. What is it? A brass one brass one. So yeah. you're basically as poor as you can imagine. However, if you're a criminal, you can boost that up, getting more money anytime you do the money making endeavor or just getting money in general. But yeah, it really kind of hammers home that if you're going to survive, you're going to have to steal for what you need. And right. rob people potentially. So criminal's a really fun one. Rover's cool too. That one, you know, it kind of this character reminds me a little bit of almost like an Assassin's Creed type character where you're flowing through the crowd unseen. So Rove mm. Rover lets you essentially make it to where you're not seen when you're walking through a town or a city unless people are looking directly at you. You're good at just right. keeping a low profile and whatnot. So once you get up to that second level, second tier, which the first tier is just called a brigand, the second tier is outlaw, you do upgrade to brass too at that point. So let, let the money start flowing. <laughs> <laughs> but this is where and it makes sense that at this point you can start putting, um, upgrading the ranged bow skill. Not only can you upgrade your ballistic skill, but also ranged bow so that you can start um, dropping arrows on your enemies. Heal is another big one. Perception are all in there. And then Stealth Rural as well. So again, you're really tanking up your ability to... And dodge. Dodge, yeah. Yep, dodge, I, so one. look at this. Add on to the combat, right? Add dodge. Add heal. Like Yeah, I was surprised with the heal. But right. I mean, I guess if you're an outlaw, you got to take care of yourself. You might know a little bit about patching yourself up a little bit. but It kind of ties into the outdoor survival thing. Right. Yeah, right. I think Yeah, I, I think that's, that's a big part of it, too. Yeah, I don't imagine most outlaws are going to be right. homeowners and you know <laughs> yeah, right. in the town they're right. going to be they're, they're, the they, they're not going to have an apothecary they can just go to whenever they yeah. need no that's true but then the talents even help more the tier two talents for your combat yeah marksman is great that oh gives you the, the plus five to ballistic skill i don't know how you you, you could ever not take that why a hundred xp and you yeah. just get five straight up that doesn't go against your advances yeah. it makes no sense unless you're plan to never advance that yeah. characteristic <laughs> right, right. <laughs> exactly. buy it immediately yeah 
Absolutely. Dirty fighting is a fun one. Um, I love how it even specifies that if you're in any sort of formal combat and you use the dirty fighting talent, that people are going to call you out on it. Right. Which, again, it, it ties in thematically, right? If you're mm-hmm. an outlaw, you've got to do what you've got to do, which is really fun. Like, strike strike to Sun is on there. Trapper's on there. Trapper yeah. is a, one of those talents that is kind of uh, a sleeper talent, I think. Being able to identify traps in some cases without even looking for them is really huge. Right. Some of the real fun stuff, though, comes in once you hit that tier three, which is Outlaw Chief. You upgrade to Brass Four. At this point, though, I would hope that you're, uh, you've are you got that criminal ability bumped up. Right. Even having a single talent, uh, you know, taking that once in criminal, you're already going to be getting a fair amount of money. At tier three, you'd be getting two D10 silver shillings. So if you had two yeah. ranks in that, you're looking at four D10. If you get to at least level two, that's when it really starts to, yeah. where you get a lot more. Yeah, you're getting silver instead of just brass. One D10 right. silver. Yep. Yeah. yeah, but ultimately, if you're still a criminal when you get up to four, then you're r- right. r- pulling in gold crowns. When I love how it affects your status too, right? Yeah. So not, you know, you're not just a criminal, you're like more known criminal. So it affects your status negatively with law enforcement or whatever, but positively with other criminals. It's very cool. Yeah, that ties into, when did I see it on here? Under the class trappings, you start with either a hood or a a mask. mask, Yeah. Which, as a criminal, you know, you're going to need to hide your identity, especially if the higher up you go on that. Uh, But yeah, once you hit tier three, you become the outlaw chief. At this point, you can uh, throw um, skills into, or advances into intuition, gossip, leadership, horseback riding, which could be a really fun you know, you could be a really make a really fun character at that point. Right. I think it's interesting back. to note that the skills shift a little away from combat here. Yes. Except the talents don't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you you become a yeah menacing right. uh, rough rider. Rapid reload are all good. Um, Very resilient, reload, especially for combat. Yeah. yeah. All of the, yeah, so good. Yeah. But yeah, you can see that this when you go from outlaw, right? Outlaw at that point, you're basically out for yourself. Yeah, I really get that feeling. When you hit, hit outlaw chief, you start to you're commanding more. So this is like your right. Your Robin Hood kind of person at that point, or anybody that has a gang. You know, I put down Jesse James yeah. as another mm. example. You, you and your of, band of, of merry men. Yeah, exactly. So you know that's why leadership's going to be important when you get up to that fourth level. Then you're you're finally pulling in silver again. You'll probably be a criminal at this point to to have more income at that point. You can throw it into charm. You've got lore um, as well, uh, but the talents at tier four are really fun. Dead eye shot is awesome. That basically means that you just get to pick your target instead of having to invert your die roll. Uh, you're fearless of road wardens, which again, all this stuff makes sense thematically. Yeah. I love yeah. How, how every step of this, and this is, this is the way with all the characters, at least all the ones I've experienced that they, they did their due diligence. Cubicle seven did making sure that these, these all, you know, make sense and what you can do with them. But yeah, once the trappings that you, you, uh, for tier four are a fiefdom of outlaw chiefs, and keep in mind that an outlaw chief has a band of outlaws underneath them as well. So you're talking mm. dozens or more people that you are kind of the, the head of, which is... That's, that's a whole campaign right there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and a lair as well. So Lair. Yeah. Is it a cave? Is it a some sort of like... Huge wooden uh, treehouse in the woods? Yeah, I was totally thinking like a <laughs> multi-level treehouse with fortification and... It's an outhouse, but then when you close the door, there's a tunnel down. Like an underground. Ooh, <laughs> gotta lift up the lid. There you go. You gotta have just a go. big, big out of order. Also, watch out for Bog King. <laughs> right, Bog King. He protects the entrance to the underground lair. So let's talk a little bit about where 
the outlaw can fit into a party. I think it's fairly obvious based on what we've said so far that a fighter is going to be the, the primary role, I think, in some cases. For, for the for the entire thing, I think. Yeah. Like, fighter never stops being one of the primary choices you can make. Yeah. Every tier in this gives you so much to make you a better combatant. Yeah, even if you have a decent role for character creation on your weapon skill, there's enough talents, there's well, enough that you can get, you can boost that up to be be rolling high right? always. And then, yeah, at the very least, you start off being that warrior guy, like the frontline guy, uh, but, but it's so cool that you can, as you branch out further, you can be that sharpshooter from the background. Yeah, range. Really, yep, right. exactly. For sure. And I think that's, in tier two is where range comes in, right? right. So so yeah, at that tier, point, tier you, one it wouldn't, yeah, it'd be, it'd wouldn't be necessarily be range, but at tier two, you, I think your primary role in a group could be either or. Yeah. Or potentially a good mix, right? Right. Um, which is it's just so cool, right? It's the it's the iconic um, miniature that's holding a bow in one hand and a sword in the other. Yeah. Like I feel like that's this, or, this yeah. character. Or like, what's the situation? Crou- yeah, crouching. You know. Right. Yeah. Bow, bow drawn. You're on a tree branch or uh, you know hiding on top of a roof, just mm-hmm. overlooking your your uh, comrades that are getting ready to get themselves into a situation, and you're ready to right rain hellfire from above. And I would argue here too that range range fighter it continues from tier two, tier three, tier four. It just continues on. Yeah. It is one of Especially your primary with the talents. choices. The talents yeah, the talents keep get up to, adding to it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just making it better and better. Especially with the bow. So yeah, I think fighter ranged fighter are are the the key ones. You could also say that um, scout with outdoor mm-hmm. survival. As like a secondary role, I think. Yeah, even yeah. even infiltrator potentially, right? With your mm-hmm. ability to stealth, you can get around without being seen um, to be almost like a spy kind of character. So some careers that would really go well have good synergy. There's actually a lot in this case. Again, because you're able to boost up those skills so early, your characteristics so early. Um, agitator was one that kind of stood out. That's going to boost that ballistic skill, get fellowship right out of the gate if you needed that for whatever reason. Spy, hunter, bounty hunter, I think would be a really fun one. Right. Pretty much any of the warrior careers, honestly. Yeah. If you wanted to do anything that's still combat heavy, right. you would have no problem moving into one of those. Yeah. Some of the ones that I, I, I felt had some bad synergy, really anything that makes you the face of a crowd, of a group. So a noble, mm-hmm. um, anything that is going to, you know, where you're going to be the, right. the leader right. um, in any, social and, situations. Because right. And what's interesting is that you, if you pick, or if you use a heal skill, you know, just kind of going into a career where intelligence, you know, you can add to that. That would really help because now yeah. you're a fighter, but now you can roll well on the heal. Yeah, right. for sure. Right. I mean, and I could argue at tier four, the Bandit King could be a secondary face for you. But I mean, if you're at a tier four level already with a character, hopefully you have somebody else that's been filling the face right. role for yeah. your, your group. And even then, I feel yeah. like the bandit king is more of like the, uh, you know, I'm thinking like Star a support Wars, right? character. You're like, you're like Jabba the Hutt almost people. <laughs> people don't see Jabba. He sends his people out. Boba yeah, Fett yeah. works like, as, for you. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Oh, right. He's That's at your awful. party. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it, you, you're not the face you can be. And when you are, you're, you've, you know, you've got to intimidate from the beginning. So you're maybe we should that change the, the show title to Boba Fett works for you. <laughs> there we go. And if there, if you need any other reason to want to be an outlaw and get up to Bandit King, just, there you go. Just remember, Boba Fett works for you because that's 
That's, That's so you know yeah, what I'm awesome. just gonna write in in pen in my core <laughs> rule book under trappings for Bandit King, Boba Fett work contract. You know, yes, <laughs> and and this this guy is really cool because you know once you reach the once you reach the outlaw chief, you can have a band of outlaws. So yeah. you could roll up some hireling little yeah. stats and have point, your little band. Uh, yeah, it's not Heinrich right who who can't hold himself in <laughs> exactly. battle. Right, this is you know a Dude. band of outlaws. Those are people that oh that's right. one hold eye. Themselves. Yeah. <laughs> So I actually in Skull Crusher, and I wanted to say too, like when you with the outlaw, I think this is an absolutely easy, an easy career to fit into like a storyline, right? Because it's so easy. Like you're like, how do you fit this in? Well, you're joining this party because you're fleeing the law, right? Yeah. Or or maybe you want to escape the criminal life, but you're still an outlaw, right? Yeah, you're forced into it because mm-hmm. how else are you gonna right provide? Like a reformed bandit or yeah. something, you know, or the, like your Robin Hood story, right? Yeah. Like you're fighting the the evil Baron or whatever, or or chasing a score, right? Think of it. You could even think of it oh, like yeah. from a, a Han Solo SS, but I'm always going after that other score. And he's more of a smuggler, but but like the concept as an outlaw still fits there. I feel so like it shouldn't be difficult to fit an outlaw into any adventuring party. Well, even going one step further, how how much fun it would be to have an, your entire party all be outlaws. Yes. Right. Have one Ooh, person awesome. who's like that, that chief kind of, you know, mm-hmm. lead character, but then everybody. So you're not, you know, you don't have to fit it, squeeze it into a campaign. It is the campaign, you know, right, you yo. being that Robin hood character, whether it's for good or for bad. Right. Like that, that'd be a lot of fun. Hope somebody has got some decent fellowship. Because you're not going to get any skills that who needs later. who needs fellowship when you've got a quiver full of arrows is what I'm saying, right? If you're a marksman, then fellowship is that's like, that comes second. If I don't hit the guy, then my then my friend will. And if right. he won't hit the guy, then another guy. Yes, you've got to dodge four arrows here, and uh, yeah, probably right, not yeah. going to happen. So the kind of in summary. The outlaw is definitely a great fighter, somebody who's going to be dealing a lot of damage. Uh, and I think if you have a player who doesn't love a lot of the really like outgoing aspects of role playing games, that th- mm-hmm. this would be a good good role for them because they're not they're not going to be in those situations where they have to have detailed role playing coming up on the fly, right? right? If you're more quiet, if you're more reserved, this is I think a good character that would that would work. And I actually think it's good for someone that might not be heavy into role playing, but like plays aggressively, right? Like, so you sure. always think about the role playing character that, like, I want to hit it with my axe, right, or whatever it is. You know, yeah, like, I, uh, I swing my sword at it. There's five like, guys in this room. Are you going in? Yes, I'm yeah, going in. Right. This is. Not, I mean, you you don't need a whole lot of thought into it. And it's Warhammer. If they die spectacularly, great. Let's roll up a new character. Yes. But. I think it's it could be good for an, even a new player like that. Like, okay, if I'm going to treat this game less role playing and more like I'm going to attack and hacker slash, yeah, hack yeah, slash. you have hack a better slash, chance yeah. with this. Yeah, yeah. Which, well, yeah, like we said, new new role players. That's it. It's difficult to really kind of get into that feel, right? So this is a character. I don't think you really need a whole lot of that to be able to to play and enjoy. So yeah, final thoughts for me. <laughs> this is. The second time I've said this now, but it will not be the last. I would love to play an outlaw, and right. I'll, I, as long as uh, gnome is listed on there, then maybe you'll see a gnome outlaw. <laughs> nice. Actually, my, I, I think I've kind of already said everything I have to say about this with for final thoughts. But I will put out one other thing. Like this character comes at tier one. Your brigand comes with armor, standard, and yeah. a hand weapon. Right. So again, 
you're already set up. You're ready to go. You're ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. So with with not only having ballistic skill, you know, if you're a human, you could roll warrior born, which gives you another five on on uh, or weapon skill. I mean, mm-hmm. so yeah, yep, yep. If uh, you, if you're concerned that you've got, um, if you're if the other people in your group are artists and apothecaries, and you want somebody who can deal some good damage, outlaw is not a not a bad choice. No. My final thoughts is uh, if you roll the outlaw, you should be so lucky. Uh, it's yeah. a wonderful <laughs> right. star. I, I still can't believe it. Uh, they have heal at tier two. Uh, yeah. That's just I, perfect. It, like you're a warrior that can heal yourself. Like you, you could just about play through a whole campaign and never leave tier two. I had to do an endeavor to get heal and yeah. go yeah, right, right? tier two. <laughs> yeah. So works out perfect. Awesome. All right, Lance, what, what can you tell us about the artist? All right. So first off, I want to say the artist has been our most requested it has. career to go over on the show. Um, and I'm actually happy about that. I know um, we have talked about this before. Like people were bringing up the artists, and we're like, "Oh man, that would be a great one to cover because we have so many cool ideas with it." So yeah, um, it, it almost got almost 10 percent of our total votes. That's crazy, man. Yeah. That's yeah, that surprised me. Out of, it was quite a bit. We've got out like of, 75 votes. Yeah, out of like 60 something careers. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah. So well, I think I think a lot of people are in the same boat as a lot of us, where it's like. So the the outlaw is obvious, right? right? How you how you play an outlaw, you just you've got your bow drawn, you've got your sword out, and you're good. Right. The artist is a little different because a uh, a paintbrush or a chisel is not quite as <laughs> helpful in combat. As well, a... well, let me tell you. All right. So old worlders, if you're at home in your core rule book, we're gonna find the artist on page seventy. And just to kind of get a baseline for what we're looking at, um, all of the races are currently available. So the halfling, high elf, wood elf, human, and dwarf. And just like a brief, I mean, an artist is exactly what it sounds like. You can read the description. They do art. They are, um, you know, it's just like it sounds, the painting, the sketching, they're sculptors, they're drawing. You know, somebody's got to make that statue of Sigmar in the square, right? Somebody's got to paint that um, amazing masterpiece, right? Somebody's got to paint the the picture of the emperor, the baron, you know, however, that portrait. So that is this, this career. And, you know, and keep in mind, it's not just from like an artsy standpoint too. think about all of the religion, right? All the temples, there's artwork and sculptures, right? Like if I'm going to, you know, have the bird of Shalea or the dove or, you know, somebody has got to sculpt that, right? That person gets a living or whatever. It's not necessarily the monks or whatever you have you. So they're, they're more prevalent in the old world than you might originally think coming from like, let me open up the book. Let's get into the nitty gritty. So let's take a look at the advanced scheme of the artist. And this is where you're probably going to lose most of your role players. Um, Because for my tier one, I get strength, I get initiative, and I get dexterity. Strength is not bad. Strength is not bad, no. Um, But like an initiative, dexterity, like it's it's an interesting combination to to try to work with. Tier two, you get the fellowship portion of it. Then tier three, willpower. And then tier four, intelligence. So... You'll notice there are some pretty big gaping holes for anyone that's going to be fighting a battle, right? Weapon yeah, skill, ballistic right. skill, toughness, agility are all, you're Not never moving those up yeah. if you're staying in the artist. Let's dig a little deeper because we're, we're going to get into how to play this a little more, but let's take a look at what the artist actually brings to the table. Yeah. So at tier one, we have our apprentice artist. Um, now, one thing I'm going to point out right here is the status. Status level of an apprentice is actually pretty good. Yeah, you start at a silver one. Yeah. And then tier two, you jump to silver three. 
Yeah, that's really good. Tier five or tier three, go to silver five. I mean, that's five D ten on yeah. an endeavor of silver. That's yeah. That's you're going to be pulling in. Well, some... you made the point that you know the, this artist by the, by the time you get up to that point, you're not doing caricatures on the street. You're painting the the ceiling or the whole mural. You're doing the mm-hmm. the sculpture of Sigmar that's going to be in the temple that's being built. Right. The centerpiece for yes. generations. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And then at tier four, gold too. So it is uh, it is a pretty good one for, for money here. <laughs> Spend that in armor. Right. <laughs> right? Because yeah, exactly. you're going to need or, or, it. Or hire some... Uh, some... <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> yeah. So um, skills. I, I don't want to spend a ton of time going over, but so let's go back to our apprentice artist, right? So obviously your money-making skill is art. You get art any. Um, cool, consume alcohol, evaluate, endurance, gossip, perception, and stealth urban. Um, again, nothing there that s- screams, I'm going to be good in a fight, or even really calls out like a purpose here. It's it's very interesting. So we take a look at our tan- talents, artistic. Artistic is amazing because any art talent that you're going to um, have with artistic, it makes it cheaper by five experience. Sharp. Sharp is, you know, gives you uh, additional initiative. Uh, strong back, tenacious. Tenacious um, lets you endure more, yeah. right? Strong back uh, helps you in a pose strength test um, yeah. or well, with encumbrance. Encumbrance, yeah. Encumbrance, yeah. yeah. So, and again, none of these like scream out to me like a role right away. And I, and I understand why people are like, how do I play this character? Let's move on. Um, uh, one of the things I want to point out for the career, your trappings, like the trappings you get when you roll up this career, it's brush or chisel or quill pen like literally i'm walking away with like a tiny little tool yes. and that's it yeah, yeah. <laughs> no armor no sword like no fine clothes or any well i guess fine what, clothes what are, technically yeah, are, are the, from the it's a courtier yeah so you get the normal <laughs> stuff but there's nothing in there that's like saving i mean you get a dagger is is what you get for combat <laughs> let's move on to tier two <laughs> things get a little bit better at tier two all right so you get climb, gamble, haggle, intuition, uh, language classical, and then trade art supplies for your skills. Um, so it gives you a little more in the, and of course, fellowship is at that point what you get for the characteristic. So you get a little more in the face character part of it. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, talents include uh, cruiser, criminal, gregarious, nimble fingered. Uh, again, nothing out there. There's, it, you'll it, notice there's no combat here. It's interesting with criminal though, because you know the the character's already making money, and then if you get criminal, that's even so much mm-hmm. more. Well, and it's worth noting you can get criminal at tier two, but once you get up to tier four, you can get kingpin, mm-hmm. which kingpin is is your way to take that criminal talent and just and remove all the negative side of it. Right. Which is which awesome. Yeah. Hire right. people. <laughs> Well, so real quick, the, the class trappings for courtiers, you've got courtly garb, you've got a dagger, mm-hmm. right? so you've got a weapon, um, a pouch containing tweezers, so there you Always go. Always handy. If you want to talk about how to get a handful of small, useful tools, tweezers, an ear pick, and a comb to go along with your paintbrush. So I don't details. know what y'all are complaining about out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, tier three, we move to the master artist. Again, keep in mind, this is silver five at this point. Wow. Um, you're getting charm, leadership, lore art, lore heraldry, heraldry. I can never say these words. Um, for your talents, you get an acute sense, deal maker, etiquette, nose for trouble. There is 
at this point, again, you're just kind of doubling down on the talents you've already or the, the concept you already have. At this point, you're becoming a much better face character. But again, you're at tier three by this point. Tier four, Maestro. Um, you get research and ride horse. And we already talked about Kingpin. Ambidextrous. Yep. What he said. Ambidextrous. Ambidextrous. Magnum Opus, which is awesome talent because you create an awesome work of art that is worth like 10 times what the going rate is or even more depending on the situation, which is really cool. Um, And then you can finally read and write. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, tier four. So I, I actually, and I love looking at the trappings for tier four in any career, but a large workshop for an artist, a library of art, oh, yeah. and three apprentices. There we go. Well, what's interesting is that at, at tier one, you can start with a quill pen, which you would think you'd use for writing. However, you cannot read or write <laughs> until you are years into being an artist. Yeah, it's, it's pretty legit. So let's talk about what roles an artist can fill. And I think this is where we're going to start answering people's questions about how the heck am I going to play this character? So first off, I'm going to be straight up. Tier one, apprentice, artist, there is not a super clear role. I would put down support, if anything, as a role. Um, it, and it's all going to depend heavily on the the statistics you roll up, the, your characteristics you roll up at character creation, because the the artist is a little all over the place. And there's nothing clear, like there's no clear face, there's no clear, there's nothing in there. When you're looking at strength, um, initiative, and dexterity, like you might be able to add to the group in certain ways, but there isn't a clear, I personally, and I don't know what your thoughts are, I don't think there's a clear role right right up the gate. I agree with you, just what you roll up first and kind of go with that, because if you roll really well the weapon skill, maybe you can afford better weapon, but... I mean, yeah. you are making money, but at first, just stay out the way of knives, daggers, <laughs> right. arrows. So this is one of the few careers where um, I would struggle to find why a player would want to stay. Like, arguably, you could stay in tier one forever if you wanted to, but my question would be why. Sure. Um, I actually think that there's a clear reason here to you either, if you didn't want to be an artist to begin with, you should have chose something different or rolled yeah. up two more times yeah um or if miss you, out on the 25 xp and roll twice more right exactly or if you do are going to stick with the artist then you need to get to tier two as soon as possible um depending on what um talents you want to pick yeah, I was up let's say the talents are yeah. going to be your most expensive yeah. choice to stay but cho- choose your talents wisely and then move on um because i think tier two is where the artist really starts to show up because now they're actually a good face character right you get that being able to upgrade your fellowship is huge. Yeah, your fellowship, but you also now have um, gamble, haggle, intuition, all going to be good in social situations. Um, you already have consume alcohol, which I would argue in the Warhammer world is a way to get information. You know, and perception is already good. And that's another thing I want to point out. Like in a non-combat situation, perception is based on in- initiative, right? And you can already raise your initiative. So perception is something you can do with. I can tell you in our actual play, Lynn has shown me the benefits of perception. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And 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 with the second tier, um, you're as silver three, and you get criminal, or you can get the criminal talent, which more money. But but the 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 main point that I think is that you can increase your fellowship because that goes with bribery, mm-hmm. charm. Uh, if you definitely bulk up that, you may not need to fight as much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I agree. And you can also somewhat fill a support role. 
at, at tier two. Well, and the fact that you, you can boost initiative, right? That means mm-hmm. if you had that high enough, you're going to be going, you know, you might be going first more often in combat, which gives you an interesting advantage potentially. Right. You know, if you had... We need somebody to lock that door quick. Yeah. You know, or whatever. So there there are advantages. You just got to got to look outside of the weapon skill, strength, toughness, ballistic skill thought process. Yeah. Yep. So at tier three, and honestly at tier three and tier four, I think it's more of the same, to be honest, face and support. You're, you just get more of the face, more of the support and more money um, is, is how it works. I don't think your role really changes as you go past tier two all that much. Would you guys agree with that? I agree with that. I, th- I think at that point it's just about making more money and, yeah, that's uh, that's what we're like. What to use a character for is really kind of bribery, making money. Maybe could use that money to help out the group, buy yep. more supplies, um, taking care of social situations. Exactly. Yeah. So, so how would you guys fit this career into an adventuring party? What are some of your ideas? Because I have some cool ones. I want to hear what you guys got. Yeah, it's, and it's tricky. It's tricky. I think we've we've kind of made that point really well. So let me let me throw out first off, struggling artist. Right, I'm a struggling artist on the. Uh, and I'm turning to adventuring because I need to eat. I need a meal. Sure. Like, and and I'm joining in with the outlaw here because I need to get paid. And I, I you know, there there's a reason for you to join that party. What about you're out there looking for true inspiration? I can't find that here in this village. Uh, yeah. I need to get out in the world. I need to see what's out there. I need to go visit the home of the elves. Tra- travel this to this yeah. giant waterfall with your your easel and your mm-hmm. canvas. Or how about I've been sent by my master, right? I'm an apprentice. I've been sent by my master to obtain this or that or to um, potentially learn of the world. So, I mean, there are ways you can fit into pretty much any adventuring party. But I would argue tier one really makes a compelling argument for struggling artists, struggling to eat, right? You think about that as a even nowadays, right? Artists, until they get that big break, right? It's it's difficult. Yeah. Well, I mean, although the fact that they're at Silver One, like, <laughs> it's built in bad. that they're not going to be, like, struggling per se. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. But they'll be struggling the first time someone pulls a knife on them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, so advancing into other careers, right? So if you utilize artists as a, as a base, and again, I would argue you really need to be in Tier 2 before you move yeah. out, unless you just... Again, you should have chose different. Well, character it's creation. worth noting too. Um, in the errata, they actually removed sleight of hand from yes from tier I, two. Yep, I noticed yep. you didn't mention that. And that's yeah, that's, that's why. Yep, yep, it's been removed. Yeah, yeah. So I would argue any face career um, would be a good one. Anybody, any of the careers that really have a face are going to be good in fellowship would be a natural move for you, right? Or you know, you almost made the point of like, oh, well, this here's a star- struggling artist, so he joined in this outlaw band. So right. then you've got an artist that could transition into something that does give you the benefits of weapon skill. Right, right. right. So build up your fellowship and your in, in initiative, right? Right off of the front. Build up that initiative before you go jump in maybe more combat-focused yeah. career. Right. You know, I think, and, and to that point, I think pretty much there isn't a whole lot of bad synergy. Like, one of the benefits of this career is why it's not very focused, especially early on. You're not really pulled or dedicated into making your character a certain way before you might necessarily go into a different career. Yeah, me, I would definitely, um, I tried to pick a career with maybe where you could increase your bribery 
And because by the time you get to tier two, your artist, you got criminal. I mean, of course, you could go to Kingpin with Negate Set, which would be awesome. Yeah. And you have the bribery on t- top of that. You could really buy your way out of most situations and into most doors with, with ease. Yeah, you you wow. combine criminal with kingpin with the the gold two status level you're already at at that right. point. You you're sitting on a mountain of money. And then maybe something with weapon skill or ballistic skill, but considering all the talents are geared toward being the face, I'd focus on something with maybe ballistic skill. Yeah, be right. That range person support, not really be in the front ground because your toughness you can't even go for that. And one thing I think I want to bring up that we haven't talked about much is as dexterity is your go to um, characteristic with this. And dexterity is one of those that's a little harder, right? You're not utilizing dexterity very much in combat situations or in a face or social situation. Um, but if you're going to be making something or doing something and you're going to be dexterous, right? Making your art, and, and we're going to, I guess maybe this is a good segue into what type of player would most enjoy this kind of career. I would argue that the answer here is a creative player. If you have a player that is creative and not afraid to throw stuff at your GM, like I great i'm a great artist let me offer to draw this for this guy or you know how can you leverage your dexterity and your talent as an artist in this situation and pitch it to your gm and i think that now arguably a good gm should realize they have an artist here and try to build something in there where you know every now and then the artist can shine at what they do but i think a creative player is going to be key for an artist or someone that is good good at role playing and wants to play that rags to riches story, the struggling artist right. who, yeah, who I, eventually becomes somebody of note. I I don't think this is a great career for somebody who's new to role playing because it doesn't have that like straight ahead. I know what I'm doing right away. I definitely and, agree. Right, and it, and it doesn't have the safety either. Like I might not know what I'm doing, but at least I can sort of handle myself in a fight. No, you can't. Right. No, no, you're going to have to do workarounds. You're going to have yep. to think outside the box. You're going to have to play it smart for at least a little while. And you mentioned the dexterity. That's nice because, you know, it's attached to your art skill. So right. So you spend a good maybe 200, 250 experience points into it, and you boost it up by 15 points. Yep. Uh, yeah. And, and Very helpful. And then keep and keep in mind that artistic talent makes it even cheaper to do that. So Yeah. Awesome. Cool. So, so final thoughts, guys. Um, I guess I'll, I'm going to start and say I think the artist could be a lot of fun, um, and I think that you cannot treat the artist like you would a witch hunter or any other. You need to think of the artist as um, you need to think of the artist in terms of story and more in story and less in gameplay. And if you don't want to eventually be the face or be a supporting character, the artist probably isn't for you. But I think that there is a lot of potential with the artist, especially as you move up to tier two and three, where you can really get to do some stuff. And as we talked about, you can really build this to be a money-making machine for your party um, and and work from that as well. So that's my final thoughts. Okay, uh, My final thoughts are definitely, uh, if you're not used to role-playing, um, might not want to pick this career, but overall, and you know, it, it depends on what group you're with. Oh yeah! If you're all artists, <laughs> <you know, laughs> might oh, only man. be a life around or two. But you know, if you have like at least maybe outlaw or anyone with weapon skill, then definitely uh, you can definitely give this a try. Um, if you like to jump into battle, don't roll a sec- second character. 
But overall, if you do have great support in combat, this is, I think, the moneymaker kind of character, also the face. Um, and yeah, you just got to be I'm, really careful with this character. But I'm over here, Lavi, because I'm thinking about the, 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 the party that started all as artists. Now only one of them is still an artist. Everybody else has rolled up new characters. Well, and, they're dead. And, and, the, and the artist finally does their, their opus. What is it called? Magnum opus. Magnum opus, which is a painting of like the carnage of every, all those artist friends getting killed from a normal street thug or something. Yeah. Well, I think for my final thoughts, it's really this character would be made or made or broken by the type of campaign you're playing, right? If you're, mm. if you're going into it, knowing that it's going to be a combat heavy campaign, you should probably steer clear of this. However, if you were planning on doing one where it was, you're role playing more about the lives of these people and you don't have, you know, you've got a merchant, you've got a, uh, an artist, you've got an entertainer. If these are just like a group of friends in a city and if that's the type right. of experience you want to go for, then this could be, this could be great. This or could be a lot of fun. A lot P- political sense. intrigue would yeah. be a lot of fun there with an go. artist too. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's really, it re- really boils down to, um, what kind of adventure you're going to do, what and, kind of campaign and who you plan on fighting or like the GM, like goblins and all that stuff. You probably not want to fight, but regular, maybe fight another art artist in an alley or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some, some rivalry an artist fight where they just slap each other. Well, no, they just like fling paint in each other's <laughs> eyes. <laughs> there you go. Ch- chisel out little stones and throw them at each other. I don't know. So yeah, that's uh, an inch, an interesting an interesting uh, career to say the least, but not not the easiest right out of the book. I'm not going to lie; I would not personally shy if I rolled up an artist. I wouldn't be sad. Like I, I think there's some really cool stuff you can do with an artist. And even if I eventually decided to move away from it, I, there are some key things I would grab an artist before I left um, the career. And I'm definitely going to tell you, I would never actually choose to be in the artist career and leave before I went to tier two, picked up some key stuff there, and moved on. Right. So. So let's move on. Um, I, arguably, in, in the three we've had, this is the one that kind of where I stepped back the most and went, dang, th- there's more here than I originally thought. And that's the Apothecary, Steve. Yes, the Apothecary can be a very, very valuable co-member of your group. Uh, races that can play it, the usual dwarf, halfling, high elf, human, hopefully gnomes. Yeah, so no, no wood elf. No wood elf. I have to get lucky enough to roll one. And, and if you're following it along at home, page 53 is where you can find the apothecary. Yes, 53. So what is this career? This is basically, this is your main to go healer if you set up your character that way. Um, they're great with finding plants if you need, making me- medicine, um, crafting potions, so on and so forth. I love how open-ended that can be. Right? I right. feel like even now, apothecary, there's a lot there. But as time goes on, we already saw in the starter set there's a bunch of information about potions, right? right? Well, that ties in directly to this. Right. Right. So, and I I love how just reading through all the information on here, they keep referencing chemistry because mm-hmm. I, I'm currently rewatching Breaking Bad and Walter White is maybe the greatest <laughs> television character of all time. So, in my head, if I rolled an apothecary, I, it'd be Walter Black or something. It'd be it, <laughs> like I, I would make that character and roll with it. Yeah, it's it's honestly I kind of think of it as the doctor or pharmacist to an underscore not a surgeon doctor, but like a medicine you woman. Know, a medicine woman person right. for for the the times. And, and 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 of course being in that role is kind of 
like you respect them because they can make stuff. You don't know what's in the stuff, so it's like you're kind of you scared. Don't know. <laughs> you're kind of scared of them too because they could easily poison you or right. give you the wrong potion by accident. Uh, well, to get this character started, uh, you're an advanced scheme. Um, tier one, you're going to have toughness, dexterity, and intelligence. Um, this character is intel- intelligence heavy. Uh, yeah, really goes along with the lowers. Uh, you know, heal and so on and so forth. Uh, so you're going to want to bulk up that that one early. Uh, tier two, you have fellowship, another important one. By tier three, you're a master apothecary, and you're going to be boosting up your intelligence or your initiative. Sorry about that. And then by tier four, apothecary general, uh, you can upgrade your willpower. And that's going to be helpful for your wounds. Or not, yeah, for your wounds. Um, if you make it that far, <laughs> that's right. tier four. It takes a while. But uh, this queer, this place in the world, you know, like I said, it could be healer, poisoner, uh, criminal, yeah. good person, bad person. It depends on the character that you want it to be, their background story, so on and so forth. Um, and definitely this kind of character is the one that could do all that. Yeah. It's interesting that your starting skills, you've got heal, which again is huge, but the, you've got a bunch of lore, right? Yeah, so you start yes. with lore, chemistry, lore, medicine, lore, plants, and then trade apothecary and poisoner. It's like you said, this, this is definitely, and I'm kind of oh, getting ahead of myself a right, right. here, but, uh, a support, huge support character. Yeah. Huge, Intel- huge. Intelligence heavy too. Like sure is. if you're going to pick one thing to throw experience into characteristics, like to start intelligent, like dexterity, maybe for making potions, depending on what you're going to do. But in that support role, intelligence all the way. Yeah, and and I think that the tier one is, uh, like we said, you need to really bulk up on intelligence because that's your heal. Like if you're right. just starting off, heal so important. It's nothing like going into battle and you got two wounds left, and if you could easily roll and heal your group, it, it's just perfect. Right. For talents, uh, you start off with concoct, which is wonderful. Um, craftsman, apothecary. Etiquette scholar and read write. Read write at tier one, baby. Uh, I like underlined that in my sheet. <laughs> we get so excited, it's not super often. There, there. Think about this. Like when I when I look at a career, like there are two things I usually get pretty excited about to see, especially at tier one. One of them is heal, yeah. and the other is read write. The apothecary has both. <laughs> Trappings. You get a, a blank book. Um, a healing drought. That's nice. Leather jerkin. A little, little bit of body armor. Right. Uh, armor, and, too. And, uh, pestle and mortar. Yeah, I was surprised about the leather jerkin. I'm yeah. Like, didn't expect that, but... Yeah, you think just just clothing, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Um, your status is you got brass three. Eh, it's not too bad. You got more than uh, a peasant, I guess. Yeah, I think there's there's potential there, though, for right making potions, stuff right. that you could sell, and uh, poison, too, right? Definitely, like, lore... Medicine, lore, plants, you know, if you're in the woods, you can say, hey, I want to look around. Maybe pick up some stuff that you can yeah. make your medicine with and sell, so on. Uh, by the second tier, you are officially now an apothecary, not just an apothecary's apprentice. Uh, brings you up to silver one, starting to make some money. Uh, skills, charm, haggle, lore science, gossip, language gilder, and perception. So I think those get you at, to the point where... You're more social. Uh, you got to view it as your apothecary. You can make stuff. Now you can sell. Right. Yeah, this is where you're like the shop owner who is who's right. selling the product instead of being the person in the back right. who's learning how to do it. 
So you, you really add to your 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 bucket. Of, I guess we're kind of combining our roles in here, but like the right. face, right? Now I can be a support or the face, um, and pretty strong too with, with those skills. Now this is where it gets really cool. Talents criminal, like right off the bat. Yeah, mm-hmm. you bump that up two. You're making another one d ten. Uh, yeah, the, silver shillings at, at tier two. This is really where you make a decision, right? Are you right. going to be the criminal and go the underworld <laughs> route, or are you going to stay the pharmacist and help the help the town out? This you is Warhammer. Really I can help you yeah. make this decision. Yeah, <laughs> um, you get dealmaker once again. Uh, it's it's more toward like haggle, um, etiquette, gilder, and pharmacist. Uh, once again, you know things to help you make potions, concoct things uh, to sell, trade. Uh, trappings, uh, guild license, and trade tools. Trade tools, not quite sure what they might be, but you, you got them. You've already got a mortar and pestle. It's probably like syringes and boiling flasks. Yeah, things to make potions. Yeah. Little glass to, vials. To things. In the shape of hearts. So that... <laughs> yes. Zelda hearts. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah, well... Quick aside, I recently re- I found my Nintendo 64. Oh, wow. Uh, nice. And with it, I'm like maybe 15 or 20 hours into Ocarina of Time. Nice. There we go. So it's classic. Yeah. That game really still holds up mm. 20 years later. Um, by tier three, you are a master apothecary. You're up to silver three. You're starting to make some good money. Uh, skills, intuition, leadership. Nice one. Uh, research, secret signs, gilder. Uh, the secret science is interesting um, for those special type of skills that that you might need. Uh, that are right. That are very right. specific. Right. Yeah. Might not use it much, but it might come in handy at one point. Uh, talents. You got bookish, uh, master tradesman, apothecary, and resistance poison, which is really cool. Oh yeah. And savvy. So once again, you're increasing you're increasing your trading skills. Um, your talking skills, and now you can go to resist poison, which is very helpful depending on your situation, your, ga- your gaming uh, quest. Uh, trappings, book, apothecary, apprentice now, and a workshop. Yeah, so workshop is big. Right? Moving that, on up. Yeah. Because yeah. in a lot of cases, to even craft things, you need a workshop. By having the concoct talent, you don't. Correct. Um, when you go ahead and take that skill, but otherwise, in order to, to make certain things, you do need a workshop. And with concoct, you also get another endeavor. Yeah. Makes something so so it's double. Yeah. Perfect. Um, by tier four, you're apothecary general. That's an interesting name. Uh, you're up to gold one. You are in uh, the high class now. Uh, skills: intimidate and ride horse. Intimidate. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, talents: you get acute sense of taste. Uh, you never know when your competition might try to poison you. Taste it. Uh, cool headed. Master Tradesman now, Poisoner. Uh, for the character I made, that would be wonderful. And uh, Savant in Apothecary. Nice. Uh, like some more things to gear toward making potions, concocting, selling, uh, trappings, commission papers, and a large workshop. That's legit. So so I feel like we've, we've talked about it already, right? The rules a little bit. Right. But I feel like you basically support... I almost you could this I the apothecary fits the perfect like you know the MMO role of healer really like healer and support it's support character all throughout all the tiers and then at tier two you add face 
again, it gets supported through the rest of the careers. Right. I basically think there isn't really another role this fills. It's support yeah. and face all the way, but yeah. it's very so strong First in both. Yeah. yeah. Correct. Yeah. Especially when you, you see the kind of things that you can make, you know, the potions you can make, the the poisons you can make. Right. Uh, and again, like I said before, we've only just seen the tip of the iceberg. There's going to be a lot more that's going to come out. Mm-hmm. Agree. That'll help make this character, this career even more important. And you know they might come out with with a book with more plants, what they can oh, yeah, use for, for sure. mixed with more potions, more poisons. I fully so expect so every regional book will add another couple of potions and yeah. poisons and everything. Well, and if you get a creative player and a and a mm-hmm. uh, reasonable GM, you could you know come up with a list of your own for stuff that you can find out in the wild. And overall. Well, I, I say the primary roles when when you start. Of course, you're going to be that healer. Um, definitely, if you want to be a fighter, this is not your your character. It has no fighting skills at all. No, really. Um, this is pure support. Uh, maybe a money maker once you get toward the criminal. Um, but that's tier two. Um, you start off just brass three. That really doesn't buy you much. Yeah. But I see, and I feel like in this, when you compare it to the artist, this can. Like in a battle situation, you know, if I'm fighting a battle, I'd rather have an apothecary at my back than an artist, right? right? Mm-hmm. Like it just it's this is so good. This is such a great support character. And and I did not realize until I did this deep dive. All right. I guess we're at how how this character might fit into your adventure party. I think we kind of went over that. It's pretty but, much straight up healer. Uh, right. But I, well, I'm thinking some of the ideas too, like for your right. storyline, right? So, like, hired healer, right? But what if, like, you have that book, like, you're adventuring out to fill that book with potion recipes, like, mm. that you don't know yet. There yeah. we go. Or poisons. Or, go. or or you're you're just experimenting, right? You come right. across anything. Oh, you're in this, this underground cavern. You find some mushrooms. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take a bunch of those, right. grind them up, snort them. Ingredients. Mi- mix them with this, you know. <laughs> your, ma- your master has sent you out with this giant list of ingredients. Don't come back until you have them. I yeah. expect you back within a year. Okay. Boom. Right? Like, right, right there. I. It doesn't matter what adventuring party you're with. I got to get that. Like, that's a. Yeah. I. You know. Right. I think I think it's easy to fit, fit yeah. an apothecary into pretty think, much any I think party. so, too. Yeah. And, and it's kind of one that you want to have. I mean, the healer is so right? vital. Yeah, and he's so good at it with the ability to bump intelligence up right away and, and all of the supporting and then ability to make potions too, right? So you think about the heal skill will only let you do so much so often, but hey, I can make a potion, so yeah. heck, even if I can't necessarily support you immediately, like I'm the potion guy, you're going to keep me alive. Yeah. Right? Right. Yep. Or you could have it where your apothecary is really a poisoner, and that's what right. they really do. Mm-hmm. Um, they can heal, but their main thing is kind of, you know, depending on your role-playing skills, you could really talk your way or smooth your way into adding a drop into a drink or two. Yeah, you know? precisely. Putting putting some of that poison on your blade or your arrow tip. Knocking out a guard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking, and this is a completely original idea. Maybe your apothecary is like, I don't know, a high school chemistry teacher who finds out that he has cancer <laughs> and is like, I don't want to leave my family with nothing. So then you turn to sell make and sell like a really good drug. I've <laughs> never heard that before anywhere. Yeah, that'd be and a that would good, be a really good, good series. Man, somebody should make a TV show about that. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> um, let's move on. So advancing into other careers uh, from Apothecary. 
Well, it depends on how you want to go about it. it. Depends on what role you're playing, of course. But I mean, you're already heavily deck out in toughness, dexterity, intelligence. Um, if you want to keep with intelligence, you could always go to another career with that as their primary. You already can heal. Um, I would suggest, you know, it depends on your situation. If you're like in a rural area, um, maybe get some some other, I guess, career with some weapon skill, ballistic skill. Yeah, I think um, I think it's like in urban, you might kind of stick with the social skills. But I think it fits well with anything that is already a support or face character, mm-hmm. um, or any of the like trade focused. Like artists actually would be a merchant. decent one, or merchant, yeah, right? Merchant? Anything yeah. you're using dexterity with too. I almost feel like this is a character that I wouldn't, I wouldn't even necessarily want to combine to get a better weapon skill. That their ability right. to help in in situations is already pretty well thought out. That. They wouldn't need to like you wouldn't need to move into another one to boost that up, right? Yeah, agreed. Because you could make you know you could craft like Molotov, Molotov cocktail type situations. So you mm-hmm. could just hang out in the back and like throw these these caustic potions <laughs> or whatever right. into you know towards your enemy. Or even even this is an interesting. It would be a little harder to pull off, but like moving into a magic focus career, you already have intelligence, right. which you need there for for casting. And willpower you don't get until like tier four, but the ability to combine like magic with the potion and the heal, like you could end up being a pretty nasty support character at that point, especially with poison, depending on what you're going to do. So, yep, yep, de- definitely. And I, I, I'm not sure if they ever brought this up, but I mean, if you're if you got the poisoner skill to make poison and stuff, I wonder if you could help out your your group with poisoning their weapons or the air, their arrows. Oh, yeah, for sure. For more potent effect. Something to think about, GMs. So um, I don't think there's really any with really bad synergy. Maybe something that's totally opposite of what you've already kind of went into. I think it depends on how far you go into right. Apothecary. If you go like lightly in to grab some heal and to maybe grab a few key talents where you like you want to make potions and then jump out to a warrior career or something, that might be good. But if you're like going deep into that support role um, before you jump out, then I think going into like a warrior or a fighter would be less helpful. I mean, it really depends on what your end goal. Again, it's Warhammer, so right. you can you could almost argue there is no bad synergy. But but yeah, I th- there's a point of diminishing returns with Apothecary where once you get to that point, you're like, if you move into a combat career, wh- why do you stay so long in Apothecary? But I think grabbing some of the stuff up front would totally be worth it. Like, oh, I rolled up an apothecary. Let me grab heal. Let me grab, you know, make right. some potion making stuff. Great. I'm done. I'm moving yeah. on to, you know, soldier, you know, right. or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so uh, final thoughts and an overview. I'm, I'm, I'm just jumping in. This career is awesome. I, I think that um, as long as you are in a party that has somebody else that can take it and dish it out. In a, in a combat situation, you are going to be gold. Everybody is going to get in front of that, you know, beastman for you because you are the person that's going to bring their character out of it alive. And I think that between and even in like you have it all, you can be the support on the battlefield, but you can be a massive help to the team when you're in a social situation, when you're in an intrigue situation, um, you know, even perception and stuff like that. You. Uh, this is this is in my opinion so far this is an epitome of a support character i Absolutely. really think yes 
also I want to say I think that's the type of player that would like anyone like if you're the person in an MMO that oh I'm the healer I love yeah. being right. right here this is <laughs> a great back, throwing yep. spells up handing out potions yeah sure. so as long as you're good without combat focus I don't think you'd be uh, um bad for this right this, if you're this. always the white mage this is your person <laughs> little Final Fantasy reference there I like that <laughs> But overall, um, my final thoughts is I think this is a great character to start off with, you know, solely because they got heal. You'll be a great addition to your group. But yeah, I definitely think get to tier two, but after tier two, make your choice if you're staying in or out. Because um, by then you've got your criminal uh, perception, charm haggle. Um, and those are pretty important. So um, I, if I got it, I'd stay into tier two. And then at that point, I'd probably drop it for something more. Uh, focus on something further to help the group in another way. But like I said, it depends on your on your GM and your actual quests. And you know, if you're in the city, who knows? Might just move on and get those uh, tier three and four. Cool beans. I, I think that that wraps it up for us. Um, man, there's three great careers. I'm I'm excited. So yeah. I, I I wouldn't. Uh, with future character creation, if I rolled Apothecary yeah. or Outlaw, I wouldn't blink an eye with taking it on. Artist, I might. I'll be honest. Artist was not one that jumped out to me as one that I'm itching to play. But, I mean, out of, I out think, of 60 I think careers, you know, yeah. 60 plus, certainly there's going to be some that, that aren't going to be fit for every situation. Or, or it's, every it's person, every character. player. Yeah. 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 So now that our review is complete, it's time to put our creative juices to the test with a build-off. So uh, as we talked about um, earlier, we, your hosts, have each taken one of those three careers that we just described and have made a character in hopes to outdo each other in a contest of coolness and creativity. Uh, Once we've reviewed our creations with you, we'll put them to the test and have you, the old worlders out in the community, vote and tell us who won. So what are the rules, Matt? Yes, the rules are... Each of us will be assigned one of the careers we've reviewed, and then we must create a character using the normal character creation rules. So uh, to make things easy, we each just pick the character or the career that we reviewed. In addition, once, we, once we've completed the character creation, we receive 1,000 earned XP to advance our characters however we like. So now that we've created our characters, we'll present them, giving a bit of background, talking through our character creation and advancement process, explaining why we made the choices we did. This, Old Worlders, is where you come in. You can follow the links in the show notes and vote. Uh, we've posted polls on our webpage, on Facebook, and on Twitter. You can go out there and vote. Uh, tell us who you think had the coolest character and gets bragging rights over their fellow co-host. Okay, I'm going to get started here. So um, I obviously did the artist. Uh, so I generated up my artist. I got a human. Uh, and obviously I chose my career. No bonus XP there. Uh, and then with my attributes, generating those up, I had some rough starting attributes. I had several that were under 30 um, and several in my key attributes for an artist that I could not have. So I ended up probably my first time ever switching those attributes and rearranging them. So I only got 25 bonus XP on this. But I did end up um, do, by doing that a couple of key. My dexterity ended up at a 38 and my initiative ended up at a 38 to get us started. So I was pretty happy with those numbers. Um Fate and resilience, I just ended up putting two into fate and four into resilience. Fascinating. I feel that this is a very resilient character, and my story backs that up a little bit later. Okay. So um, I my uh, motivation 
the motivation is to discover true art. True art. We'll get into that. I did initial advancement. Um, I put two in initiative, two in dexterity um, to bring those both up to 40. Um, and then one into strength because, you know, strength. So going on to my species skills, um, I, ch- I picked up uh, charm, cool, and gossip for the five advances. And then uh, language, Bretonian, language, wastelander, and leadership for the three advances. Um, I feel like uh, this artist character is is uh, going to have some language skills being what he is. And for the record, I've named my uh, artist Vincente Van Gogh. He, wow. Yes, Vincente Van Gogh is is an artist. That's, that's almost as bad as me calling an apothecary Walter White. I'm, not I'm just that's... saying, hey, you know, whatever. But um, Vicente is, uh, you know, for his doom talent, um, I said that death will come wearing many colors. That is, that is <laughs> I, I felt, wonderful. I felt that was appropriate. Um, I took Savvy, to, uh, which pushed up his intelligence up to 30. Uh, random talents. I got Warrior Born. So, hey, my weapon skill went up to 38. That feels a little better. Um, linguistics, not bad. And Suave, which took my fellowship up to 33. That was a needed bonus. Um and then career skills. So I straight off the bat put art painting up to 10 advances. I also put perception up to 10 advances. I have a, I have a thought process with this character. I'm going forward with it. Um, and then consume alcohol, evaluate endurance and stealth. I gave all five. Um, the way I did this, all of the advances I need to jump to the next career level are already met. Career talents, I took artistic. And that's very specific because of the bonuses it gives me. Um, so we got normal trappings, um, nothing special there. Um, generated, uh, you know, he ends up with golden brown hair um, and dark brown eyes. He's five foot eight, uh, 28 years old. And now it's time to advance my character. So I had 45 bonus XP to advance. I immediately took three advances endurance um, to bring it up to eight. And now I have a thousand experience points to spend to really flesh out my character. So. I then took the talent um, sharp, which brings my initiative up to 45 um, for 100 XP. I took 100 XP and took my career, then bumped it up to artist. And now that I'm an artist, um, I'm immediately spending 100 XP on nimble fingers, which brings my dexterity up to 45. Um, Now I have a very specific role because um, of what my uh, career or my character concept is here. I spent 105 experience to put um, five dexterity to bring my dexterity up to 50. Another 105 to get five initiative to bring my initiative up to 50. Um, So uh, I then spent 75 experience to put three into strength to give me an even 30. And now I turn around, and this is where things get crazy. I spent 200 experience to add 10 to my art painting. Um, because of artistic talent, it's five experience less oh, right. each. Nice. So I now have 20 advances, which means my um, art painting skill is at a 70. Goodness. Um, so what? What? Uh, how do you? How would you intend to use that in game? I'll show you in a second. Okay. We'll get there. So um, then I spend five experience each to get language classical and trade art supplies. A hundred uh, experience to pick up the talent gregarious. 75 experience to now um, I'm going to add to my fellowship to bring it up to a 36 and plus two to cool to bring that to an even 40. And that's my thousand points of experience. So uh, what I end up with is a character just straight up off the bat here um, 
who has straight characteristics, a 30 in strength. He's got a decent weapon skill of 38, um, initiative of 50, dexterity of 50, and a fellowship of 35. Um, this character, as an artist, is going to use his painting um, to do big things. He has a 70 skill for painting. Um, he can charm. He has 40 in charm, 40 in cool. Um, and he's no slouch with initiative base. He has an intuition that's going to come up at 50 when he's talking to people, navigation of 50, and a perception of 60. Nothing gets by um, Vincente Van Gogh. So let me tell you a little bit about his story and how that works, because Vicente was born into a troubled family. He's born with noble blood. His family had squandered their wealth and lost their titles before he was 10. He was apprenticed to an artist who barely made a living being an artist for a local minor noble. Uh, the Van Gogh title was now little more than a joke to other nobles, but Vincente found that he had an amazing natural talent for art. It didn't take him long before he knew his talent surpassed his master. However, he didn't want to live his life as an artist at the whim of another noble. Vicente wanted to be remembered. He wanted to create the artwork the masterpiece that would shame all others. So now he travels the empire looking for inspiration in all the wrong places, drugs, or he's even had this crazy idea. There are rumors of a green magical stone. Perhaps if he put some of this crushed up stone in his paint, he could paint the ultimate painting. So this brings me back to my ambitions where his short-term ambition is to obtain any sort of drug he can to inspire him. And ultimately, and I might not even share this with the, my group, he wants Warpstone. He wants to get Warpstone and mix it into his paint, which is why he has such a high resilience, because he's going to be dealing with it, <laughs> to paint a magical painting that will be the masterpiece. So, And his long-term is to create a widely recognized masterpiece. So this artist is not smart in the way he's going to play. He's going to play. He's going <laughs> to take real drugs. fast and loose. He's yeah. fast and loose. He's in the old world, and I'm going to have a ton of fun playing this character. Um, and he may die. He may die in a terrible, mutated way. But dang it, this character would be fun to play. Nice. Yeah. You, uh, you, you pulled off creating an artist that is really compelling. That's for sure. Awesome. All right. I'll go next. So I made a human outlaw named Bryce O'Callahan. However, he is known among the people of the town as the silent arrow because he uh, is, you, you won't hear it coming until it's too late. Nice. So Bryce O'Callahan, uh, I, I actually rolled really well. So my first two rolls for weapon skill, I had a 36 and for ballistic skill, I had a 39. So I rolled a 16 and a 19 on two of maybe the most important skills that an outlaw can have. Overall, I rolled really well. My lowest was 27 mm -hmm. with my highest being 39. And I rolled that twice. Nice. So that's pretty darn good. Uh, I felt like in his case, he's going to need more fate. So I went with four fate points, two resilience, and his motivation is survival. So being an outlaw, being out in the elements survival seemed like uh, the best option to go with. Uh, with my first five advances, I went with weapon skill to get that up to an even 40 and then toughness to get that up to 30. The species skills I went with, I took eight advances in melee basic. 
The other species skills I went with are cool, ranged bow, evaluate, and leadership. With the talents, uh, like you, Lance, I also had Warrior Born, which gave me the extra plus five to weapon skill. Nice. Uh, that was one of the random ones, along with Sixth Sense and Sharp. Sixth Sense is kind of interesting, because that gives similar benefits to one of the starting talents that I could take, which was Combat Aware. Ah. So by getting Sixth Sense, I was able to kind of... Uh, I didn't need to even really consider that so much. Uh, with Career Skills, I went ahead and just threw the five in each to get those going. That way, my first thing I could do with my advancement was to bump up to level two and become an outlaw instead of a brigand. Not before I took some of the other benefits there though. Uh, in addition, uh, the, my beginning talent was Rover. Nice. So again, that was the ability to kind of sleuth around unnoticed in more urban settings. Trappings, uh, class career trappings, just the basic stuff. I did end up picking up a bow, uh, a shield and a tent. That way I'd be able to move into that next career. Uh, bow being the big one for, uh, for my character. So Bryce O'Callaghan, the Silent Arrow, 45 years old, six foot one, with brown hair and blue eyes. The ambitions, the first one I went with was to recruit two people uh, to kind of get the ball rolling on becoming more of that, uh, that outlaw chief. Nice. With a long-term ambition of building a permanent shelter or lair in the wilderness for himself and his crew. As far as the advancement, first thing I did, I bumped up to outlaw. This character, I went really heavy with the talents because a lot of the talents you can get as outlaw are really fun and would make for really interesting um, encounters. So I took the marksman talent. I took uh, the criminal talent twice. Nice. Uh, trapper. And then I also took flea and strike to stun. So I went heavy, heavy with talents. I almost went up another one on criminal just to kind of push that to it to a near limit. However, there is no limit to the number of times that you can take that. However, to get three advances in that would have cost a total of 600 XP, and that seemed a little excessive. <laughs> so the, my final, some of my final stats, weapon skill base is 45. So with the 15 advances I took on the basic skill, my melee basic is up to 60. Again, just trying to hammer home his ability to hold himself in a rough situation. Um, intimidate, I took up to 45. Perception is up to 44. Cool is 42, again, making sure that I'm, I'm good to go in those type of situations. So this character has an interesting story. First off, he was born in Arswald, which is kind of a hub. There's multiple rivers that flow through that area. So it's been, it's like a, a fairly large hub as far as trading goes. Okay. Um, that being said, his mother's name was Catherine. Uh, his father was Gunter and Gunter worked as a stevedore on the Tranig River that flows through Arswald. Uh, when Bryce was a teenager, he was out uh, collecting things in the woods that his father had asked for and like the wilderness that's around there. As he was returning home uh, in the distance, he could see a demon appear in the town. Uh, that demon then butchered his family and oh, Bryce no. brightness. Bryce <laughs> witnessed all of this. So he fled back in the woods, horrified and afraid of it for his life. Shortly thereafter, when he returned to town, he found out that he was blamed for the death of his family, that the, the demon was there, killed his family, and then left. Bryce, nice. Bryce was blamed for all of this, which meant that he had no way to clear his name. His, he was looking at either living on his own or essentially dying and being killed you know, by the, uh, the justice system there in the town. 
So as he was out learning uh, how to do things on his own, he ended up being taken in by a fellow outlaw whose name was Thomas Jameson, also known as the Tomcat, was his, nice. his alias. Uh, the Tomcat taught him how to steal to survive and all the tricks and trades of being an outlaw in the old world. So now that he's on his own, the Thomas Jameson has thus passed. Now he wants to, uh, Bryce wants to provide that same kind of mentorship to some others that may be in a similar situation. Awesome. Nice. Awesome. So where did you end up on, like, I assume your key skills, like, uh, for, like, ballistic, like uh, for your bow and stuff? Uh, let's see. Ballistic skill uh, was at 50. So my, my actual characteristic was at 40, and I had 10 advances in ranged bow. Nice. So that, along with the, well, I, I, with the marksman talent, that gives me a plus five to ballistic skill. So that was a big one. Well right. worth uh, 100 XP on that. Right. Yep. Flea, I think, is going to be going to be good <laughs> yeah. in certain situations strike to stun again if uh, mm. you know i'm in a situation where i i intend to rob somebody and i but i don't want to just outright kill him strike to stun right. take him out that way <clears throat> take what i need move on to the next i love it i nice. love it all right steve all right uh i created a human apothecary with the career of course you know it wasn't random i tried didn't quite get it, <laughs> so got zero XP for that. Uh, for my attributes, uh, I did all right. Um, I went for the bonus XP. Uh, my lowest, I got uh, fellowship only 24. That was kind of brutal. Uh, but my highest, I got agility 37. And my intelligence wasn't too bad at 32. Fate and resilience, of course. Uh, starting two for fate, one for resilience. Uh, ended up with my final fate, four, final resilience, two. The advanced characteristics, I got one for toughness, so I rounded up to 35 for toughness. I uh, put one into dexterity, that way it bumped up to 30, and put three into intelligence, that way that got to 35. Uh, for my skills, um, the skills I chose to get the five advances with were melee, ranged bow for anticipation of, 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 of being that, that backup character, and gossip. Uh, the three advances I chose lower Reichland. Animal care and haggle. Um, hopefully, she gets an animal to be kind of like a. Uh, it'd be nice to get like a little war dog or something in the future, you know? Mm. Oh, yeah, that'd be sweet. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, for species talents, uh, of course, with Doomed. Uh, doomed, I put my blood has left me. Uh, <laughs> Man, I would argue that one as a GM. <laughs> like, that's everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm covered. <laughs> right. I could fall off a cliff or drown. <laughs> Um, I got savvy, uh, plus five intelligence. That was wonderful. Um, my character is going to be intelligence heavy for heal, so that worked out. Orientation, I can always know which direction I'm going as long as I can see the sky or stars. Uh, I got warrior born, born plus five weapon skill. Uh, that was that nice. was kind of helpful for the way my character is. So, so we all got that. all three of us yeah. rolled that up. I um, pretty... also rolled flee. That'll be helpful. In yeah, some situations with my character. Uh, for career skills, I put the 40 in, uh, I, I put five in every one of the starting eight skills. Um, that's consume alcohol, heal, language classical, lower chemistry, lower medicine, lower plants, trade apothecary, trade poisoner. So that wrapped it up so I could get to the tier two. Uh, for the career talent, I chose concoct. Um, that's very helpful with like the endeavors and I also I can I get another chance to make like a potion and so on. Uh, class trappings are the regular things. Um, 
I rolled up 24 brass pennies, so I just bought 24 matches. Nice. <laughs> uh, character's name, of course, Willa. Um, her age, I rolled up 18. Uh, she's actually tall. She's 6'3". Nice. She kind of sticks out with her red blonde hair and brown eyes. Nice. She does. Uh, my short-term ambition, uh, I, I put assist in getting rid of a corrupt person. Mm. Uh, you'll find, find out why later. Her long-term ambition is owning a workshop. So uh, to get to where I spent my XP, um, I got a couple more talents since I was going to be b- bumping up to the next tier. I got talent read-write, uh, 100 points more into talent craftsman apothecary to get that one. Um, at that point here, I bumped up to the next tier, uh, spent 100 to advance to the actual apothecary. I spent 300 on the talent criminal, once one to get it, one to bump up to the next level. So you did the same thing I as did. Matt. So, yeah. of course, that that's a plus 1d10 silver shillings per income endeavor. Nice. That's so good. Very helpful. Yeah, well, taking it twice means it's 2d10, right? And then... Right. Yeah. If you're Once you're level, yeah, at level 2, you'd get 2d10. So got that. Um I put another five advances into toughness. That cost me another 130 points, so that was advanced two to six. Uh, put 140 points into intelligence. That's five advances, uh, three to eight. Uh, 75 experience points into my skill heal. Five advances, six through 10. Spent another 100 on the skill heal. Uh, the next five advances, 11 to 15. Uh, very heal heavy. Right. Um, and also put just another 30 points into skill trade poisoner, um, just another two advances, uh, six to seven. Uh, so basically, my character is really, since I'm an apothecary, I really made it, its main job is to heal. So I really made it where it's focused on being able to heal and almost not guaranteeing I'm going to pass, but having a much better chance. My intelligence, I got it up to 46, so that means Jeez. I'm starting at 46. I took 15 advances in heal, so I'm rolling at a 61 for nice. heal. Uh, very helpful. And other than that, uh, character I, with intelligence really made it where all the lores, chemistry, medicine, plants, easy, and trade poisoner, trade apothecary, I'm rolling at 35, 37, so that's not too bad. Uh, ended up with ballistic skill 31, weapon skill 29, <laughs> won't be, mm. won't be the best fighter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, my toughness, uh, it is 40. So that really helped with my wounds and up my wounds. I got it up to 14. So that's nice. And with leather jerkin, I, at least I got one. Yeah. Our armor point for my body. Yep. Right. Yeah. Bryce had a leather jerkin as well. So storyline, uh, Willa Vincent is. They had none. Is pretty much her family and a group of other apothecaries. You know, they rove around, they travel around the forest, woods, but they stay around the town of Hetchburg. Um, one day she was forging with some other uh, friends of hers. She came back. Uh, her family's tents, family's tents were torn up, shredded. They're gone. Uh, so long behold, she's in the woods. Uh, she goes to town. She finds out what's happened. Uh, but she had to make a run for it because she was the last group there. She found out that the officials got bribed by their competition that sells potions, so on. Uh, so her family's in jail right now. So she's at that point where she's real young. She's good at what she's doing. Um, she's got a, she really wants revenge. So that's why her uh, initial ambition is to get rid of a corrupt person because that's going to be her main goal right. right now. So she's at the edge where she's a good person, but you know she has the ability to poison, to do something about this 
And that's her main goal right now is to get her family back if possible and make those that did that to them pay. Nice. Not bad. Not bad at all. And a 60 heel, man, that's <laughs> yeah, that's legit. <laughs> yeah, I think with, with uh, the 1,000 XP, it's easy to quickly boost up some of those key skills right. to be, you know, all but guaranteed when you roll those dice. Right, right. And those are our characters. Again, we've posted polls on our webpage, on Facebook, and on Twitter. Uh, be sure to vote and tell us which character you will like the most. All right. That's the end of our show tonight, guys. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. We hope that you have found these careers as interesting as we do and that we've given you some ideas on how you might build and play your own uh, careers here uh, for these and others uh, in the Woofer 4th edition. Uh, be sure to give us a shout out and let us know once you do build those careers and if we helped in any way. On our next episode, we have a few things in the uh, irons in the fire on this one. I know that one thing we're currently talking about that is most likely going to happen is we're going to have an episode where we are talking about leveraging the Warhammer lore and uh, how that can you can use that to uh, make better games in Wuffer Up. Um, obviously, we always have career episodes in, in the uh, in the pipeline that we are uh, working on as well. And uh, we have a few others we're not ready to quite talk about yet, uh, but obviously we'll have a review episode once the... Uh, nights and days comes out we're going to definitely be reviewing that and that's our days once that pdf hits and then yeah. in the not too distant future we should have the physical starter set in our hands yes yes that's going to be really exciting as well yeah so definitely definitely very cool so uh anyway those are upcoming so intrepid listeners keep in touch let us know your questions feedback and even show t- suggestions uh, you can contact us multiple ways by checking out our website at www.oldworldpodcast.com Twitter at Old World Podcast and Facebook at Facebook.com slash Old World And while you're checking us out on the various social interwebs, be sure to hop on over to our Patreon page and support us. If you like what we're doing and want to help us out, uh, want to buy us a coffee or a tea or a beer, become a patron. For only a couple dollars a month, you can help support the show and get some cool rewards too. Check us out at Patreon.com slash Old World Podcast. Also, let us know what you think. Visit iTunes or your preferred podcast service and rate us. Every review helps us reach even more Warhammer fans. All right. This is Lance saying good night, and may you create your magnum opus before you starve to death. This is Matt reminding you that if you come across an outlaw on the road, do what they say. Better to lose some coin than to lose your life. And this is Steve. Don't forget to be nice to your healer. They might forget if it's a healing potion or poison. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that one. That was good. This podcast and related website are completely unofficial and are not endorsed by Games Workshop Limited or Cubicle 7 Entertainment. It is intended for educational and informational purposes only. GW Games Workshop, Warhammer, Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, and all associated logos, illustrations, images, names, creatures, races, vehicles, locations, weapons, characters, and the distinctive likenesses thereof are registered trademarks of Games Workshop Limited, Cubicle 7 Entertainment, or their respective trademark or copyright holders. All original content of this podcast, including any audio or video information, is the intellectual property of the Old World Podcast and Crimson Tower Studios, LLC.